Welcome back, fellow podcasters. It's Freedom Friday, and time for another episode of Jeff Fry, an American conservative. Today I want to talk about a a Facebook post that uh, created some attention between one of my uh, Facebook friends and his disagreement with the position that I was taking. But more importantly, where the discussion on this post uh, took more of an organic uh, frustration on the part of his belief under liberalism and mine as a conservative pro-Trump person. Now the original post had to do with President Trump with his news press conferences And then kind of putting that up to what we're seeing with Joe Biden in his press briefings. Now, for those that are Facebook friends with me, which is, by the way, Jeff, J-E-F-F-R-Y, second word, Pat, P-A-T. For those that are my Facebook friends, this was posted on September the 1st. And in my post... I put a comparison. I said something to the effect of that we have two guys running for president and that since March the 1st, President Trump has met with reporters over 150 times and that Joe Biden has met a total of five times. President Trump takes all the toughest questions, believe me, that that press corps can throw at him Whereas Joe Biden has an extremely well-scripted venue. Most of the time, the question's being read directly off of a piece of paper. And then I opened it up and I was asking my friends whether everybody was comfortable with that kind of an approach. I mean, after all, we are only a couple of months away from having to decide who's going to be the next president of the United States. And yet, in Joe Biden's five press conferences, he has only fielded a total of about 50 questions. Now, this particular Facebook friend responded back saying, and I quote, the real question should be, am I comfortable with a president that continues to stir the pot of hatred, bigotry, and continues to lie to the American people. One that divides us instead of uniting us. A president who continues with under-the-table deals, supports our adversaries more than our allies. Never in my lifetime has this country been in such turmoil and our future been so uncertain. Now, for those that do a, a controversial posting, so to speak, When you see things like this, Facebook has a a newer term called trolling because there's a lot of people such as that that are out there that try to lure you out. They're trolling you. They they want you to respond directly to them. And for the most part, 
I tend to ignore the trolling that goes on. But on this particular day, with this particular person, I guess he got under my crawl, and in that regard, he was successful. Now my response back to him was that couldn't he obviously see this decisiveness that's being caused by the radical left or the, or the obviously biased media? And, and let's face it, these, the squad and, 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 and all these people trying to move the United States into a socialist nation. I told him that I get tired of these talking points from what I call the blinded. So I said, why don't you show some examples instead of these broad brush statements and accusations that we all continually hear and see. Now normally, these people will never come back. They'll, they, they take things down to a personal level. They'll call you a jerk or whatever it might be. But they would rarely come back with specifics. As a person that likes to debate, if we see specifics, then at least we have something that we can talk about. And that's frankly what I asked in this particular situation. But this guy comes back and he says, hey, look, he agreed that uh, we shouldn't be moving towards a socialist society that we agreed upon. And he makes a statement. I do believe, however, that those are that we should be helping those that are truly in need. But see, this kind of goes against those stereotypes where Trump continually gets blamed for only helping the rich and powerful. Which is kind of ironic since Hollywood and, and a lot of these billionaires and all that really won't give Trump the time of day. But then he moves into some specifics. He says, okay, under the table deals. How about Trump pushing the ambassador to move the British Open to his resort? Or how he tried to have the G7 summit at his Doral property in Florida? How about that he charges Secret Service full price for the rooms and services, even if he isn't there? He then goes into the lies. He says, this one's easy. How about that COVID would magically go away? That children are almost immune from COVID-19. Absentee voting is different from mail-in voting and has more protection against fraud. How about 99% of COVID-19 cases are totally harmless? He says that Biden wants to defund the police and that we've done more testing in eight days than Korea has done in eight weeks. That the Obama administration didn't do anything about the swine flu. The USMCA is the biggest trade deal ever made. China is paying the tariffs on imports. And then he says, I cannot believe you even ask me this. Seeing this response from this guy looked exactly like Googling CNN 10 most lies from Trump's time in office. This, this looked like a laundry list that you would have just read right off the internet somehow. And it was obviously talking points. 
However, since he laid them out that nicely, I thought I would uh, respond back. As far as the under the table deals, I readily dismiss those because number one, the Main Street media just does not understand Donald Trump's humor. And a lot of times Donald Trump will push buttons to get reactions from the media, even though he may or may not have direct intention to do those actions. But then I moved on and I tried to take what he called the lies of Donald Trump and respond back to them one by one. Now, starting off with the first one, which had to do with the COVID-19 magically disappearing, I don't believe you will see where he actually ever said that he was going to use magic or whatever to make that disappear. Although it will be rather interesting to see what happens after the election is over on November the 3rd. His thing on the children's immunity, about being almost immune. Well, I looked up under the CDC, and the CDC was showing that with uh, children, and those would be under 19, there's a, approximately an 8 per 100,000 infection rate, which, by the way, would be approximately 0.00008%. And although that is not immunity, I would say that's an extremely small percentage. He was then implying that absentee voting was the same as mail-in voting. All right? Well, let me tell you a little bit about that. Absentee balloting is something that requires a person to fill out an application, send it into their local voting bureau area, at which point that application is processed. They check their records to make sure that the information uh, that they have on record is uh, the same as what is currently being asked. And then they mail out the ballot for you to fill out and send back in. Now they're trying to hold us up on a technicality here because yes, the actual ballot itself is identical. But when you have an absentee ballot, which requires that initial application, there's a screening process that takes place. Screening things such as change of address. Maybe you've left the state. Perhaps the person has died. Those things get screened out because the database for the election areas are not the most current. Now, when you go to a direct mail-in ballot, which, by the way, is what the state of Maryland used for the primaries this year. Every name that is currently in their database as a registered voter gets sent the ballot, period. Dead. Change of address. Whatever it might be. Everybody who is in their database gets sent the ballot. In my particular case, with the primaries, I had seven ballots sent to my house. Interesting, isn't it? Because I am the only registered Maryland voter in my household. And yet I had six others that were there. Five of which were Democrat, 
one was a Republican. None of which lived in my house, one of which had passed away, two of which even they hadn't even heard of where the names came from. If these kind of ballots were to come to us in a presidential election, even though I'm an honest person, I'm sure you are too. But how many perhaps dishonest people might be out there and how many of those quasi-seven extra ballots would have been filled out and sent back? That's where that fraud enters into. And by calling up to get the absentee ballot, it's still not a 100% safety mechanism, but it's better than just sending out roll ballots. Now, when he went to Biden, uh, say, uh, being accused of wanting to defund the police, okay, you know what? I think he got me there. Because actually, Biden said he's not interested in, in uh, defunding the police. Instead, what he said is he wants to redistribute these funds to other areas outside of the police force. He said that on July 20th, by the way. I don't know. Defunding, reallocating. It's still taking money that's currently being used for the police and moving them to other areas of the budget. The COVID testing? I did some research. Now, he said the word Korea. Um, I assumed he meant South Korea. So I, uh, I went on to uh, another website, this one, Statista.com, and I saw that from January 29th was pretty much when this all kind of started. Since that time, the United States has done 84,120,000 tests, whereas South Korea has done a total, and this, this, this goes all the way up to current, by the way, up to about uh, August 30th. South Korea has done 1,804,000. Now, with our current testing at about 800,000 tests per week, I think you could do the math. Within three weeks, we're going to be outdoing whatever South Korea has ever done, period. The USMC trade deal. Well, let me tell you about that. Because at the time that it was signed, it was estimated at $1.4 trillion, which, by the way, was twice the size of the China deal, and it was currently four times the amount of exports that we've been doing. Without question, this was Trump's largest at the time. And when we get to tariffs, which, according to American Forum in August of 2020, they said that they amount to about $57 billion per year. But I had to get off of his talking point because, you know, he claims, well, well, China doesn't pay those tariffs. Americans do. Well, everybody's got to keep in mind that what a tariff does is it increases the artificially low price, in this case from China, up to a level playing field. And, and that playing field is going to be with the rest of the international providers. So do you get higher prices? Yep. A fair playing field? Yes. How about loss of sales to China as a result? Yes. And why do you think our steel and aluminum markets have reopened in the United States? It's because 
on a level playing field, in other words, being able to charge what it actually costs, all right, they are now competing fairly on the international market. Without that leveling of the playing field, without that surcharge going on to those Chinese goods, which yes, Americans have to pay, it obviously stops our businesses from being put out of business due to these artificially low prices that the Chinese were invoking against us. That's how tariffs work. That's how they become effective. Interestingly enough, on a later response back and forth, he said that we were all promised that Donald Trump would drain the swamp, which in his opinion only became bigger and deeper. All right? Now, isn't this the cook calling the kettle black or whatever the expression is? Because when, when we talk about the swamp, I, I think most of us understand where that is. All right? It's not Trump and his people. Uh-uh. All right? And there has been no more person, alligator, so to speak, in that swamp biting and trying to thrash his way around against these, these long-term bureaucratic Washington, D.C. hanger-oners than our own President Donald Trump. I appreciate you listening in this week, but I wanted to take the time and effort because we should be proud of this President, and we should also be able to sit there and defend what he's doing. He is doing great and wonderful things for our country, and he is doing the best he can to move us forward. But these vicious groundless attacks are only being done to, so that the Democrats can get back into power and get rid of these pro-American things and getting us back to that globalist, socialist environment. I am Jeff Fry, an American conservative. I'll be back next week with more to talk about. In the meantime, keep us, U.S., the United States in mind. Thank you.